From the campus of Asbury University, this is The Smokestack. What's going on, guys? Welcome to The Smokestack. Got a really exciting episode for you today. Today we're going to talk about chapel. Should chapel be mandatory? That's what we're going to talk about today. And our guest, you know him from Twitter. (laughs) I know him as the grumpy old man who comes and hangs out in our room and livens the place up. Name is Demarion Johnson. Let's give it up for Demarion. Yes, 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 sir. He is VP of Student Governance here at Asbury. Did I say that right? Yes, sir. And so he is responsible for writing or overseeing the writing of bills and then going (laughs) to SGA and trying to get them passed. Yep. Is that kind of right? Yep. So we're excited to have Demarion on. Let's start off. Zeke, what's on your mind? Coffee spills so easily out of a mug. I make, <laughs> I just, I noticed this the other day. I make coffee every morning with a Keurig. I know it's very frowned upon at Asbury by most people. And sometimes I won't have time to drink it before I go to class. So I'll take it with me. And I just realized how little you have to move coffee within a mug for it to just jump out of the mug. It's just, you just barely have to look at it. Man, wrong. just get a travel mug. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know. Are you talking about a little coffee cup? With no lid, or because no I see lid. you carry out a lid almost every morning, no, no, like a, never, like a tumbler. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt no, that, you could spill that, it with a lid on it too. That's true. That, that was last it, semester no, that I had the tumbler. This, fault. this, this coffee, just a normal coffee mug with the handle on the side. It's your first mistake. I know, but I, I don't plan on Walmart Contigo. I, Five dollars, sixteen ounces. I, I don't plan on taking. I got it. like six of them in my room. Guys, Oop. guys. <laughs> I, all I'm saying is I don't, I don't plan on taking it out with me but sometimes i have to and you just you just look at it the wrong way and all the coffee just jumps out of the mug have you is this not have y'all never noticed no, does, this up, does this take up a lot of like your emotional capacity <laughs> no I'm it just sounds saying, like it i notice it and it it frustrates me because just sometimes it, like it's when the, the the coffee goes from one side of the mug to the other and then his cup they, 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 com- they come together <laughs> the two waves come together and it just shoots out of the mug. Absolutely. That's what's on my mind. Luke, what is on your mind, my friend? <clears throat> well, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we had our, our first cool day of the year. Praise God. A couple of days ago. And I know it's only October, but the Christmas season is on my mind. Started October 1st. Yep. I know it's Halloween season, but I'm a Christmas boy. I've been thinking about it all week. I love Christmas. I adore Christmas. It's my Christmas. favorite holiday besides my birthday. And I've been yep. listening to the iconic Michael Buble uh, Christmas album pretty much nonstop. So Christmas has really been on my mind. Yeah. Logan, what's on your mind? Local concerts. Local concerts is on my mind. You know, I go to a lot of concerts. And people, one of the things that people always say is like, oh, you must be so rich going to all these concerts. It's like, no. 75% of the concerts I go to, the cover charge is 5 or $10. In Lexington right now, even in Wilmore, people play music at Drinklings for free. Right, Luke, you work there. I sure do. I do work there. Like, in Lexington, shows are happening every single night. And the thing that people don't realize is the bands that you love right now and that you pay $100 to see started off playing $5 shows in their local towns. So, like, when I give these, like, music recommendations every week, those bands are playing almost every night for $10, $5 in Lexington. 
uh, Frankfurt, Louisville, Cincinnati, those surrounding places. It's like, go out, see some local music. Chances are you're going to find a band that you love and you're not going to pay astronomical prices to see them live. And you probably can even get to meet them and like be their friend. I am friends with some of my musical heroes. And it's all just because I started going to local shows. And on that note, music shout out this week is my friend Gideon's band Lilac. Gideon is a Wilmore resident, um, and he has a band called Lilac. And they're in Lexington. They're awesome. And I feel like Asbury students would love their music. And you can see them a lot of times in Lexington for like five bucks. So that's what's on my mind. Marion, what's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind is ridiculous sayings. I know I'm from Kentucky, and we have some wild ones like finer than frog hair split two ways. Yep. <laughs> um, but uh, Abby Barber today introduced me to another one and says, Mom's the word. And I'm like, Mom's like, the word? Mom's yeah. the word. I know I talked to Logan and, Z- I mean, Logan and uh, Luke about it. They've heard it, but have you heard it, Logan? I don't think so before now. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous. Mom's What's the it mean? word. Mom's the word. I've absolutely heard that before. Mom's the word. It's supposed to like... When you don't say the word or something, I don't know. It's ridiculous. I think I've heard of that, but I don't think it would. I, I would doubt mo- that most people would have. Yeah. What's your favorite Southern colloquialism? Like, colloquialism. Um, I really like "Lord willing, the creek don't rise." <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks to Marion for being on again, and let's so let's go ahead and get into today's topic. Should chapel be mandatory? Luke, what do you think? So I've, I have a pretty strong take on this. Um, I really don't think chapel ought to be mandatory. At least, I was talking to somebody about this earlier, at least how it's set up right now, I really don't think it should be. Just because we do three chapels a week, every, every week of the academic year, and that's a lot of chapels to consistently bring in good speakers who are engaging um, and who students really want to listen to. And... Uh, I think if we had chapel two times a week or one time a week and it gave, you know, chapel services time to really look into speakers who are going to be quality and bring quality content and be engaging and who students are going to want to hear from, that'd be awesome. Um, I also think like there's a big difference between being a teaching pastor and a preaching pastor. And I think a lot of times we hear more from the teaching side. Um, and I think that really turns students off from, from, tuning into chapel because it feels very academic if that makes sense so i think you know i think there's a case to be made for it to be mandatory if it looked a little different but i think how it looks right now it should not be mandatory interesting yeah i think so i definitely see two sides to this um i do really think that it should probably be mandatory only because I think, and and this probably overlaps with student government a good bit for you, Demarion. There's if if Asbury students made all the decisions, there'd be a lot of things that would be different, and I think Chapel would be one of the first ones. Um, but in general, when talking about policies and all and all these types of conversations, I just think you just have to be careful with that stuff as far as what you can't just say what the student body wants. We we want to do because student body wouldn't want class to be mandatory and they probably wouldn't want chapel to be mandatory either. And so, I mean, I know it depends on the class, whether that's mandatory or not, but I think, I think chapel is really valuable. Um, I do think there, there's definitely should be a conversation about, is it effective? And I think there are a lot of students aren't engaged to it. Um, 
in general, my take on chapel is I don't think content is even close to the best thing about chapel. Um, and I think Luke, you got hinted at that with like people being unengaged. I do think chapel is really valuable though. My, when I would give tours when I was an ambassador last year, my, what I would always say to the, the guests is chapel is the, the, the most important part of chapel about for me is everyone being in the same room. I just think it's cool that we go to a school that is a size that the entire student body, um, minus a few people here and there that use their skips are in one room together. You can kind of look around and see all your friends and stuff. That's to me, that's what's special about is that the entire Asbury community can be in one room three times a week together. And the content is great sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Um, so I don't. I don't think the content is the best thing about chapel. No, I can agree. I can. I can agree on both ends. You and uh, Luke. Um, I think chapel should be mandatory. Um, personally, I just feel the worship aspect of chapel is probably some of the best that I um, best experiences I get. Just being able to step out of my daily activities um, and just be able to worship in that aspect. And also, I'm a socializer. If you if you haven't noticed, I just love talking to people and being amongst people. Um, so going off at that point with Zeke, uh, having everyone in one place at the same time, um, it's just like, oh, let me go talk to them, see how their day's going. And then, um, and even though I'm not supposed to, I talk to them across the row in chapel and <laughs> all throughout the time. Um, but no, I yeah, the content um, it's it's probably not the most important piece because we can look at it and say, Oh, how impactful is it? Is this, um, on a daily basis? Uh, cause I see a lot of spiritual formation happening outside of chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, so chapel can be looked at. There's a lot of conversations to be held with that, but I still think, um, being at Asbury and some of the rich traditions that we have and chapel being one of them, uh, I think it's an important piece to keep as a mandatory, um, aspect of the university. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be mandatory. I kind of lean towards Luke like I think you can make a case for it if we kind of restructured how it worked. I went to a Christian high school, um, Frankfurt Christian Academy, and we had one chapel a week that was mandatory. Um, And I was always checked out before I walked in because they made us dress up with a tie and like a button down. And by the time I walked into our multi-purpose room where we had chapel, I was checked out. I didn't care. Like it could have been the best sermon I've ever heard in my life. And it just, it, I just didn't care. Part of that's being a high schooler. Part of that was because I felt like I was forced to be there and I didn't understand. Like I went to church on Sundays. Like, why did I have to go to church on Wednesday during the week, which is a very elementary kind of interpretation of it. I understand. But my thing is like, I'd love, I'd love to see some statistics on like the percentage of people who, I claim to be Christians at Asbury and then seeing the percentage that is not how much the chapels like being forced upon them has helped them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to, I want to hear from someone who did not attend Asbury as a Christian and then like chapel going to chapel three times a week really helped them um, like to come to faith. You know, I, so I, I think if we restructure chapel a little bit and I don't know the answer to that, I think if we restructured it a little bit. It'd be better, but I also see your point with everyone being in the same room. Like that's really cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I gave tours at Asbury, I told the story about high school, um, and I I pretty much said like, this is a time where we can all worship together. Um, like you said, it's pretty much the only time that we're all together 
at one time. And that's there is something to, to be said about that. Um, and off your point, I actually, this might be an unpopular opinion, I actually prefer the teaching pastors and the preaching pastors. Because hmm. I feel like maybe you guys disagree. I feel like I've heard most um, kind of ideas about sermons and and. You know, there are some people who bring a new idea, a new, a new way to look at things in, in a sermon. But a lot of the times, like, I love when someone gets teachy with it, for lack of a better word. When they right. I think, talk about I think there's stuff. a lot of value in that as well. Like, I especially love AJ Soboda. Like, he's he's been consistently my favorite speaker. Yeah. Beast mode. Um, Beast mode. He killed it. I think yeah. I think he, he strikes a pretty good balance between being academic and being really thorough in his research and what he brings to the table. I agree. But also making things super relatable. Yeah. And one of those things you pointed out, I think, kind of touches back to something that Zeke said was, like, it might be a little bit of an elementary interpretation of it, but there is an element of, man, I'm forced to be here. I kind of want to check out. And that's just human nature. Right. Um, and I mean, it's something you, you talked about, Zeke, and how, you know, classes, you know, some students might advocate for classes and not be mandatory. One thing that I've seen a lot of students respond to and respect a lot is, you know, when a professor at the beginning of the semester says, hey, like, attendance isn't mandatory, but you guys are adults, and I still expect you to be here. Like, your grade's not going to suffer. Like, I'm not going to do anything to you if you don't come to class, but your grade probably will suffer if you're not here. And so I've seen students respect that and show up, you know, and there's, like, an element of mutual respect, which there doesn't necessarily have to be between a, a faculty member and students, but I think that's something that students really respond to. Right, and and that brings up the question that I would like to ask is, if chapel wasn't mandatory, let's just say chapel stayed the same as is right now and it wasn't mandatory, what percent of the student body or how many students would show up? Like Not many, else? but I think that says something about chapel. Yeah, I enjoy chapel, but if it wasn't mandatory, I would easily fill that hour with something else because of the current like current setup of chapel. I'd probably go for worship a couple days a week and then check mm. out for the speaker. Mm. Um, and I think it also just looking at the chapel's uh, schedule throughout the semester, you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, yeah. who's speaking today? You're like, ah, yeah, not going to do that. Um, and so even in like this has been I mean, this is you'll follow this all the way through your four years here at Asbury. Um, but with my friends freshman year, they they would always complain about chapel. They're like, I don't want to go. The chapel's useless, yada, yada, yada. But the, I had to I had to take a step back and realize, OK, this is. It's a whole new atmosphere, um, but also it's it's way different from what I grew up with. I grew up with a preaching preacher. Like they were calling you out on your stuff and, yeah, let you know it, what was up. Um, and so going into how Asbury has chapel set up, um, I had to realize that because it's a different way that I was learning, um, that I was attending a spiritual formation, um, that there's still a blessing and there's still a God that's being glorified in that. And it's the God that I know. Um, so just listening into what those people were teaching or whoever's speaking or worshiping, um, that's not used to me or that I'm not used to. Um, I was still able to find something that was benefiting myself. And that's something that I reminded my friends that even if you don't like it, there's, there's something you don't like the person, you don't like the message. There's something in there, um, that's touching someone else or, if you look hard enough, if you listen, um, you're able to find something in that message. Um, so yeah. 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 And, and I think I personally would probably, if chapel wasn't mandatory, I think I would probably go on average about once a week. Mm -hmm. 
I think I would actually, because I, I do enjoy chapel and, and I think there's a lot of value to it, but I don't think I would go all the time, but I would do what you just said and look at that week's chapel schedule and say what, what chapel would I like to go to. So for instance, recently chapels, I mean, I definitely, I knew about Seth and Nerva. They've been in chapel recently. Um, I used to like listen to Nerva already when she sang with Toby Mac. So I would have gone to that chapel, AJ Swoboda. I've always loved him. He's killed it every time he's come here. I would have gone to that chapel, but I don't think I would go. So I would say probably on average, I would go once a week or somewhere in that ballpark. Probably me too. Um, maybe less, honestly. Maybe I would go once every two weeks. Just honestly. Like, because I'm like, tomorrow I could fill that hour with something else. Um, now, I am in a worship band at Asbury. So that automatically kind of puts it at, I would be in, I think we're playing seven chapels this semester. I think I'd be in seven of them on Fridays at least. Um, yeah, probably, I mean, just knowing myself. And that's what's the scary part about it not being mandatory is it's just it just completely falling apart and I just it's really easy I think to to talk about what's wrong with with chapel but we're talking a lot about well if the structure was different or if it was that little different like we would definitely go what what and I don't know if I have the answer either what what could be changed like the quality of speakers like the people who came and spoke like what I mean, I don't want us to just sit here and bag on Chapel all episode. Like, what, yeah. what, what, what do you think we uh, things could improve to where people would enjoy coming to Chapel more? That's tough. I mean, I yeah. I mean, because e- because everyone on campus, or not everyone, I would say a majority of students on campus complain about it. Yeah, yeah. On on a regular basis, they'll be saying something negative about Chapel or something they didn't like about it. So, uh, to me, almost all of that is. Like you said, your perspective was in high school, what, how you come, like what mm-hmm. you come expecting. And most people just come with resistance automatically because that's what college students do. They want to push back against stuff, I think, in general. So I think a lot of it's just outlook. I don't know, though, as far as like speaking goes. I mean, so I think something I've always felt like is a lot of people love the love worship in general. Yeah. So I've always said, what if we doubled the worship time? Because right now you can walk into chapel eight minutes after at 10.08 and worship is wrapping up could be over so yeah. 8 to 10 minutes in it's done but so I think that would be a good model is to say let's make worship 20 minutes but the issue there comes when you invite a speaker in and say hey you have 30 minutes to speak we're going to fly you in or we're going to whatever you're you're a big deal you're coming in but you get 30 minutes to present so I think that's where the issue comes but I say with internal chapels with, with speakers from Asbury Let's make the worship 20, 25 minutes, make the message 20, 25 minutes, because I think people love the worship. And I think um, I think people have a harder time staying engaged for 40 minutes of a message. I think I can really get behind that. And into the merit of what everyone's kind of touched on is, you know, chapel really is what you make of it. And I mean, we even talked about this in Gather the other day is like we, we were talking about, you know, we were talking about the Damascus Road on Monday and uh, we were all just sitting there like, man, we've heard this a million times. We've. We've heard this story a bunch. We know the good news. We know the story of, of Saul, you know, becoming becoming the new man in Christ, Paul. And we kind of asked ourselves this question, like, why are we so resistant to what we've heard over and over again? When we're like, we know the word is alive and it can move and it can teach us something new every time. So it really is just, you know, that human condition where we go in, we're resistant to what we hear, especially when we're made to be there. But it really is, in the end, what you make of it. So I kind of wrap that up i am a spiritual life intern this semester 
and that's why you see uh, Libby and I's band so often in chapel is because we're both interns and so we lead more chapels and part of that is being in chapel planning meetings every Thursday with Greg, Jeannie, Haley Weaver, um, Allie Rexford and the four interns and I, and I can say this every person in that room cares deeply about chapel and cares deeply about students and their heart is to bring the best chapel experience that we can every week, every chapel. And so with all this being said, some students may have a problem with it, but the spiritual life team really has it at their core heart to, to bring the best chapel experience that they can. And their passion really is for students. Um, so yeah, quick around the board should chapel be mandatory. Luke got to say no. Yes, sir. I think it should. No. Are we tied 2-2? I think we're tied 2-2. <laughs> tied 2-2. Two two. Two. Audience is tiebreaker. Tie Audience tiebreaker. We'll put a poll on Instagram, yep. at the Smokestack Podcast. Go follow. We'll put a poll up. All right. We have with us Demarion Johnson, as we mentioned, VP of Student Governance, uh, the man with all the power in student government. Maggie Richwine was on here a few weeks ago, but we knew that she didn't have no power. Demarion <laughs> had no power. <laughs> so, Demarion, I'll, I'll just kick it off. What what's the secret? What's the key to just having a bomb Twitter account? Honestly, it's a lot of mindless thoughts. You mm-hmm. just whatever comes to mind, you just just put it out there. Cuz your Twitter, your Twitter is a polarizing thing on campus. It was called out in the first chapel of the year, right? It was. Um, you know, I recently saw in the Collegian yeah. that Betsy Thacker said she would rather follow anybody yeah, but she, you Betsy on Thacker Twitter. Roasted you, man. Yeah, I might have to have so, Betsy step down from my committee. I think so <laughs> because listen, listen, Demarion Johnson's Twitter, like people pay attention, people notice. I just want to know what's the secret because I get like one like maybe on a tweet. Demarion, that's, like that's your mom. Forty, yeah, my dad actually. My your mom dad. don't have Twitter. <laughs> I think honestly, I don't know why people pay attention to my Twitter, but like it's so like. Just looking through the tweets, you're like, oh, this guy is competent. And then you're like, this, there's something wrong with this man. <laughs> and then you see like this, like this aggressive tweet. Yeah. And bro. then you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, this is a he's a great guy. So it's just like a like you never know what you're going to get. It's a bunch of random stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a wild time out there. Is yeah. it is it really just what like do you put a lot of thought into it? Do you do you craft your tweets or is it just. That popped into my head is going on there. Oh yeah, if it pops in my head, it's going on there. Like okay. if someone makes me mad in the moment, like I'm making a. I know. I make not I even you. a subtweet. Like <laughs> I'm going to explain the situation I, exactly. and tell you how I feel about it, bro. You're scrolling down to Marion's like Twitter feed, and one tweet will say, "I want some cereal." Next tweet will be, "I wish you would say something to my face." <laughs> Next tweet will be like some philosophical thing. It's just like a whirlwind of emotion, and I'm here for it. I love it. I love it. I get a lot of, are you okay? Are you but okay? I, I am. See, I just read those tweets. I'm like, listen, he's after somebody. I don't know who he is now, but he's after him. <laughs> you know, Luke was talking about um, how he wants to do a podcast on 8s being 8s. But I think, honestly, my Twitter is Your Twitter basically like fulfills that. Yeah, like it's just it's straight up. on campus. For what's just the a brutal, uh Like the 8 on the Enneagram. Enneagram. Right, but what's that? What? What is just it? D- is dominant. The, the right. challenger. Nate is the yeah. challenger. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah. yeah. Amen. Dominant yeah. personalities who. Fu- is, it loves confrontation, dominant. Oh, I love right. confrontation. Like, Demarion is a, just as eight as eight gets. If you make like a, a statement, like people do, they, they challenge me all the time, but I'm like, just just don't even try because I'll just 
destroy your entire Twitter. Go ahead and delete <laughs> it. But yeah, Twitter. we saw that. Just we saw that it. last week. I was, <laughs> I, was having, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and I was like, just talking about my my love of argument and confrontation, and I was like, I wonder if is there a thing, so such thing as an eight wing eight. And they just looked at me and they said, have you met Demarion Johnson? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Oh, man. Oh, but yeah. So on a little more of a serious note, um, you're, you're really involved on campus. And so I really want to get to the heart of what makes you so passionate about student governance and why should students care about student government? Yes. <laughs> so um, my passion comes from like all the way from middle school through high school of just sitting and being involved in things um, because I really focus on like what's the purpose why are you doing what you're doing Um, and and maybe this is just me grabbing it but I just feel like God wants it like anything that we're involved in God wants us to do make it better than when we um, came into it and what we're experiencing for the people that are coming after us Um, so just being in student government that gives me a platform to do exactly that Um, take systems um, find the inner workings and why the problems are the way that they are, um, find solutions and bring, um, just try to up the quality, um, up the ante on things. Um, so when I leave, I mean, what matters now in these four years, I'm super passionate about it. Probably won't matter in the next 10 years, but what I've done is try to the best of my ability to glorify God, but also change something that a lot of people have complained about for the quality for people to experience once they come after me. That's awesome. Nice. I love it. So you were on, if I'm not mistaken, on class cabinet for the appointed class. You were president, vice yep. president? President. President. So a lot of people are involved um, in student government at Asbury. Can you compare your experience on class cabinet to executive cabinet, and which one do you like better? Um, I don't think I can compare them um, to each other because they come with their different challenges and advantages. Um, but... In the presidency, I was able to interact more with students, uh, more with my fellow students, and um, actually just have sit-down meetings with them. Um, as in um, SGA, I can interact with students, um, but I am interacting with students with faculty, so I'm on behalf of them with the faculty. So it's more of an administrative position. Uh, but as president, because we all know that the freshman our freshman year, we started off rough. Um, and then so coming into the sophomore year, I was like, negative attitudes just are not my jam. I, I, I don't get with it. Um, so being able to have that direct impact through the presidency and interact with other people, um, just to get them inv- excited and, and, uh, involved in Asbury's campus was a fun experience. Um, and then as an SGA, there's a lot of conversations that um, students want to have, uh, on campus and they don't know which ways to go. So in SGA, I'm able to use, um, uh, my platform, to help them out in the long run. Cool. So governance versus government. Just real <laughs> quick, like that's not that's not my real question, but I I I've heard you say that a couple times. I've always been confused about it. You know the difference? I don't know the difference. Um, I know they're spelled different. Got yeah. I, and, they're, and they're also said different. Yeah, and they're they sound different. So I, I really think, think that governance is just like the act of. Governing. governing, yeah. I, okay. I've I've mistakenly called you VP of Student Government. That's just what I. I say. have never done that. You say governance. Governance every time. Governance yeah. just sounds fancier, I guess. Yeah. But I don't know. My real question is, what's one piece of legislation that you would love to see passed under your watch as VP of Student Governance? Ooh, 
one piece of legislation. God. That's a tough one to put you on the spot. It for. is. It is a tough one. Um, I mean, anything you're working on now that you really want to get past, or something that in a dream world you would write or help someone write to see get past. Mm. Um. Honestly, I don't know. Like when I was running for this office, people were like, "What do you want to do in this office?" Um, and it's, I try to be as much of a servant leader as I can uh, without my agenda in there. Um, and you can tell that I'm a, po- a politician because I just speak around questions. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I just I want the people's voices to be heard through the administration and let them know that their voices are valid. Um, so there's not really any legislation that I personally want to see go through. Um, but it's yeah, I'm just I'm just a vessel. Gotcha. Are are what happens in the SGA meetings public or is that is it not public? Oh, absolutely. Later? So today there was an interesting one that was to in- increase the hours of the library and the loose, add Sunday hours from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. I was literally just talking to somebody I, I was about there Sunday today. hours. Damarion was running that meeting like nobody's business, but I... Uh, I was there, and I—I th- I mean, I've—I voted in favor of it. it has to, I know it? I mean, you know, the whole process has to yeah. go through more hoops to be to put it like into action. But that was an interesting one. And I was like, that's kind of that's a that's a significant proposal. That's not like sometimes I hear about like adding a trash can to the cage. It's like we're adding a round net club, something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> but but that's significant. I mean, if you to add those hours, that would be like a big deal. Yeah. So anyway, like one of one of the biggest pieces that we didn't have to run it through uh, SGA is the realignment of class cabinet. We took it from 12 members to 10 members. Um, and that started with a proposal um, from Betsy Thacker, Matthew Richwine and myself um, and implementing that this year. Um, so just small things like that, um, that can have a bigger impact. Um, but just again, enhancing that quality. So just because I'm curious and I think a lot of people are curious because you're kind of like, you're kind of a man of mystery on campus. Like you're a man of intrigue. I think people are just curious about your life. Would you just walk me through a day in the life of Demarion Johnson? Because I think the image a lot of people have is like, you you wake up at five, you go to meetings, you go to class. You have like ten jobs on campus. I do. I work in multiple office offices. Um, yeah. So my first alarm goes off at six o'clock, oh. and then my second one goes off at six thirty. Oh. Um, <laughs> I like. I have to have that like a mental awake before physical awake. Um, so I lay in bed for about an hour and then I get up, um, shower, um, brew some coffee, listen to gospel music, you know, get, get that dose of the Lord in there. Yep. Um, and then I go to my closet, look and see what I am feeling that day. Um, then I'll sit down on the couch, wait for class to start, um, browse Twitter for a wee bit. Um, gotta, gotta <laughs> just, a wee, just a wee for bit. For about an hour. Yeah, for about an hour. And then I go to class do a little bit of socializing in there. Um, so if we're looking at Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to class nine and I'm done. I have chapel, then I'm, I have an 11 o'clock and then I'm done. Um, then I go to work and then I, so I'm done at work at about three o'clock from noon to three. Um, and then depending on the week, I will go to the alumni office and work from three to five. And then from five to maybe, so I'll go to dinner um, at like 5.30, um, and then we have EC meeting 6.30 to 8.30. Um, so I'll go to that. And then I'll go to my office and follow up any emails that I got throughout the day um, and prep for Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Tuesdays, I have no class. Well, I have an online class that starts at 9. Um, and then 
I do that whole routine again. Do emails, sit in meetings, fill that time. Not gonna lie to you, man. That sounds man. exhausting. That's a long day. That is a long day. You, you have to fit tweets in there too. Just does that on the and way. And I know you're in Zeke and Logan's room till like one o'clock yeah. most nights. Yeah. So people he's, always he's ask. He's a man of the hall. He is. Once a family man, always a family man. Facts. Um. Yeah. No. I'm not t- like it's not tiring to me at all. Um. Because I've gotten to the point that I only need about four to five hours of sleep. If I get anything over that, then I'm super sluggish. Um, so it's, it's a great time. Dang. That's great. I wish that was the case for me. <laughs> so I'm aware that it's only October, but we got the, the, the presidential election coming up next semester. And I wouldn't be a good interviewer if I didn't try to get an early announcement. Any chance we get an early presidential running announcement I am not on, a liber- the, on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say just keep your ears peeled. Okay. All right. We'll be waiting. Oh, I yeah. You meant, I th- you meant this is not the United States, States of America. No. I was like, next, but hey, I just looked at Luke. I was like, next semester. I was hey. about to launch into into questions about the DNC Look. and what's going on. I uh, wish it was next semester. Hey, well, we'll interview you again in in twenty years or whatever it is. However old you have to be to be president of the U.S. Thirty thirty five. But so, I'm running twenty forty, so I can be forty. Have five more years of my life. You know, okay, I was twenty forty. I was now, that's say, an early announcement. We got that on record. So, you heard it here first, Smokestack Podcast, at the Smokestack Podcast on Instagram. Heard it here first, Demario Johnson, 2040. I was going to say, I know we've made, you know, offhanded remarks about you running for president at one point, but can you just, like, dive in just for, like, two seconds about, like, serious aspirations for public office? Yeah, so, um, being a uni- United States ethnic minority, um, and the stereotypes and biases that come with that, um, Public office really excites me because it gives me a chance to show a different side to what America sees as your black male. Right. Um, and shed so much positive light onto that, but also back into the black community um, of showing that there's a way out of those hindrances. Um, and so public office allows me to help my people, but also be with the majority culture um, and interact with them at the same time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, dude. That is awesome. Uh, quick note, Demarion, we've had this conversation before. SGA meetings are open to the public. Correct. Yes. You can attend SGA meetings. Um, but the most public, um, are the ASC meetings the following. That's what I meant. I meant ASC. Excuse me. The big ones in Miller, big meetings in Miller. Uh, we always have food. Um, you can come and listen, you can speak, um, but you can't vote and they're open to the public. ASC. That's what I meant. ASC. Because a lot of times we hear about student government, and this is real quick. A lot of times we hear about student government. Oh, we don't know what's going on. We don't have a voice. You're allowed to go to the meetings. Exactly. We've talked about this before. Go to the meetings, let your voice be heard if you really care. And, yeah, you can't vote, but you can definitely come and listen and stuff. So, um, Demarion, thanks for being with us. Do you have anything you want to plug or what's going on in your life or SGA? Yeah, um, next week, Monday, October 14th, we have a um, partnership with the Center for Wholeness and Wellness event in the Stoos about achieving wholeness in a busy world um, because we know at this point in the semester we're all dying um, because of the commitments and overcommitments that we have. Um, so that's a panel discussion with Kevin Blue. Um, so join us then. And he's running for president in 2040. 2040. Kevin Blue is awesome. Yep. So, Demarion, thanks again for being on the Smokestack today. We appreciate you having you here. And before we go, we just have a couple shout-outs to send out across campus. First, Tori McKinley, 
We just want to give a yeah, big Tori. shout out to Tori yeah. for doing our graphics and being willing to, to help us out with that. And then the, the second shout out goes to Professor Richard Wright. Um, if you're not aware of what happened with Prof Wright, he um, he had to resign from faculty last week due to some serious medical issues. Um, and he was really he was really well loved in the business department. So uh, if listeners could just send up a, a prayer real quick for him, that would be awesome. So thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Smokestack Podcast. Go find us on Instagram at Smokestack Podcast. Give us a follow and let us know what you think. Should chapel be mandatory? Yes or no? Give us your thoughts. <laughs>